0: Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson, and I'm so glad you're here as we continue to travel towards Christmas together. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth, in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you he is Christ the Lord this will be a sign to you you will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a simple version of the Christmas story we find in Luke 2. Listen to the story of the shepherds. They're living out in the fields by night. What a job. I've worked overnight, and there's some thrill and some excitement, but it wears off somewhere around 1 a.m. And by 3 a.m., you're counting down the hours until you can go home and go to bed. My shift usually ended around 6, so by 5, the sense of accomplishment and adrenaline can carry you the rest of the way. We don't know what time in their night the shepherds got visitors, but we can bet that the adrenaline carried them for a little bit too. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, scripture says. Whoa! Surprise! I don't care if it's the night shift or the day shift. If the angel of the Lord appears, it's startling. Of course it is. And so Luke writes, they were terrified. Can you blame them? The angel of the Lord just randomly shows up and the shepherds are like, um, hi, do you have an appointment? Whenever angels appear in scripture, the individuals they're appearing to tend to respond in the same way. So let's not be too hard on them. I've never had any angels appear to me like that, but I can imagine it's pretty startling. Let's think about it for a second. What do the shepherds do for a living? They watched sheep. They protected sheep from predators like wolves and hyenas. We've all seen the Lion King. We know hyenas are bad dudes. So middle of the night, alone, in the middle of a field, maybe they're hunkered down in a cave. We don't really know. All of a sudden, huge bright light, glory of God, you're greatly afraid too. You're probably thinking you're hallucinating. But it gets even better. The angel starts talking. Then the angel's like, do not be afraid. And you're like, a little late for that. And the angel's like, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Oh, phew, that's a relief. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say all people? Because nobody's going to believe a thing that I say. The angel's not stopping, though. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Uh, yeah totally believable this will be a sign to you you'll find a babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger the shepherds wouldn't have missed a detail that we miss in reading this scripture the shepherds were near Bethlehem which is near Jerusalem Jerusalem is where the temple was where the Jews went to make sacrifices these shepherds could have raised the animals that were sacrificed whenever the baby lamb was born it was checked for blemishes We all have birthmarks. If the shepherds managed to find a lamb without any blemishes, he'd wrap the lamb in cloths and carry it for the duration of its life. Because you couldn't let this spotless lamb trip and fall, because then it would have a blemish. So Jesus being wrapped in swaddling clothes isn't just a fun fact. It's cluing the shepherds into the fact that this is a big deal. You know, as if an angel appearing out of nowhere and explaining that this Messiah they've been waiting for for generations has shown up. That's not big enough a deal. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory in the highest heaven and peace on all whom his favor rests. Oh, okay, maybe this is a big deal. So the angels leave, and now the shepherds have a decision to make. What do they do with this information? All day long, we're inundated with information that we need to decide what to do with. Our phone goes off with a text message that's right here. The coffee pot beeps, the temperature outside is cold, the roads are icy, this product's on sale, that product's on sale. The question isn't just about the information, it's about what we're gonna do with that information. Are we gonna respond to the awareness of the temperature by putting on layers? Are we gonna respond to the chime of the coffee pot by drinking our coffee and getting a little bit more energy? Are we gonna change our awareness of how we drive because we know that the roads are icy? Are we going to buy that product? Are we going to respond to that text? Are we going to just sit with the information provided instead of acting on it immediately? There are times and seasons for both. I can't leap at every ad and discount. My budget does not allow for that, even though some deals are really nice, and that makes them really hard to pass up. I can't respond instantly to every text or answer every phone call. The friend right in front of me deserves better than that. There are times when the information I'm offered needs some prayer and discernment. I need to walk through it with others in my life. I need to chew on it with the Lord for a little while. Other times, that information deserves immediate attention. The smoke detector is going off. Immediate attention. Dinner is ready to come out of the oven. Immediate attention. The coffee pot is done. Immediate attention. That's how the shepherds decide to respond. Scripture says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Scripture doesn't tell us how they found the right house, though Bethlehem was a relatively small village, so I can't imagine it's hard to find. You just look for the house that's all lit up because there's a newborn baby crying. How they did it, we don't know, but we know that they did it. And scripture says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. I'll be honest, I'm not sure what I would have done with the whole night's event. The whole hallucinating thing is still a possibility on the table. I mean, sure, there really was a baby born that night in Bethlehem. But how do you know it's a Messiah? And that sign? Well, don't most babies get wrapped in blankets? I'm so glad the shepherds weren't skeptics like I am because all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. Sometimes that's all it takes for you to have the confidence to share your story, for those hearing it to be amazed. I know if I share a story and it's received well, that's encouragement for me to share it again, or maybe me to share more details that I didn't share the first time. When I know that someone's listening to me, I'll want to keep talking. When I know that someone found my joke funny, I'm going to tell it again. Scripture says Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things they had heard and seen, which were told about them. What a wild night. You don't miss one of those little details at the end. The shepherds returned. They went back to their fields. They went back to watching over their flocks by night. They went back to the way life used to be except now everything was totally different. Now they're praising God for what they'd heard and seen. They're experiencing something different. They go back to their ordinary life, but they are changed men. Nothing will ever be the same again. I can't help but wonder if the nights following that event, they looked up to the sky, hoping that something similar might happen again. More news about the progress as the Messiah is born As he establishes his kingdom, more confidential information they get the privilege to share. Mountaintop experiences are like that. At some point they end and we've got to return back to our day-to-day lives. The mission trip is over. The concert echoes its last chords. Vacations are never long enough. The flight home is not nearly as much fun as the flight out. Trust me, I'm drafting this podcast on my final flight home to Minneapolis after two weeks in the Holy Land. Mere days ago, I was sitting in a cave outside Bethlehem singing Angels We Have Heard on High. The Christmas story, like so many others, will never be the same because of what I've seen and experienced in Israel. But on Monday, my jet-lagged body and I will get up and we'll go back to work, back to the ordinary, back to the day-to-day routine. But some things will never be the same. I don't have answers on how to reconcile those two. But frankly, I don't think I need to. I think the tension of same, same, but different can be a beautiful place. It's in that tension where we grow, change, and develop. I lived abroad as a missionary for a year. And there were some beautiful moments. You can find those stories in an ebook called Jesus Shoes. There were also some terrible moments. You probably don't want to hear those stories. Yet coming home was the hardest moment of my life. It's not that I wanted to continue my nomadic life. Oh no, I was definitely ready to be done traveling, done fighting off bedbugs and lice, done being constantly with another person for an entire year. I was ready for a hot shower, a real pillow, and an alarm that let me sleep a little bit later than five o'clock in the morning. Except when I came home, nothing was the same. And yet everything was the same. Anyone who knew me during that time would passionately tell you I was not pleasant to be around. I'll go ahead and tell you they were right. I felt like a stranger I was constantly stuck with. Like I had to get to know myself. And I couldn't get away from me. I was in all these familiar places, the house I grew up on, you know, the one with the banged up door from years of fighting with my sisters, the ones where my friends and I tried to pull all-nighters back in middle school, the house my parents built in 1999. I know every detail of that house. Everything was so familiar, yet everything was so different, and somehow I had to figure out how to fit those two ideas together. Spoiler alert, it was impossible. As it turns out, I'm not who I was when I was in middle school. I'm not even who I was in high school, for that matter. I'm not who I was in college. I'm not who I was when I lived abroad. I'm a whole different version of myself. And change can be hard. But it's in that change that we become more like Christ. It's in that change where we can respond like the shepherds and run towards the manger. So as I prepare my own heart for Christmas this year, am I willing to let go of who I used to be? Am I willing to let go of my previous expectations, my previous traditions, the previous roles expected of me from my family? Am I willing to let go of my all-nighter in the fields alone? And am I willing to run towards the manger to worship? Am I willing to share the story of where I've been and what I've seen? Am I willing to let go of the fear of being unworthy? To being one to praise Jesus who is worthy? The shepherds model this for me. Because of their reaction to their midnight visitors... And they hurry off to find the baby in the manger. I too can stop what I'm doing and not let fear win. I too can hurry off to the manger to worship. And just like the shepherds, I too can come away changed. If this podcast spoke to you, if you learned something or if God got your attention... I would love if you would leave a rating and a review. It's how other people can find it as well. We're on iTunes as well as Spotify. We're on the road next week with a very special guest who might not be someone you think about at Christmas time. We'll see you then, friends. Have a good day. Bye-bye.